Hi, I'm Connie Wilkes. I'm Marlene Nelson. I'm Jerry Gropp. And I'm Sherry Spute. And our last names make up the acronym WINGS. We're just four ordinary moms with extraordinary bonds. The Lord gathers us all under His wings as a hen gathers her chicks, and we hope to offer a place to gather for our friends, family, and all who wish to join us. So welcome to our podcast conversation, Under His Wings. Welcome back, everybody. We're glad you're here. Today, we're going to talk about gospel checklists. And we're actually going to start with the story of Moses. We love Moses. They talk a lot about him in the scriptures, don't they? Yes, they refer they do. back to him all yes, the time. Yes, because he has so many, so many things that they went through um, pertain to us today. So we're going to talk about Moses. And after he rescued the children of Israel from the Egyptians and from slavery, they crossed the mighty sea on bare ground and they camped at the base of Mount Sinai. The people were, were excited and they were partying and, you know, they were pretty skeptical when they were standing there between the sea and the Egyptians, yeah. right? Like, uh, okay, Moses, I don't think this is a very good idea. We should go back to Egypt. But then they witnessed this miracle of miracles, right? Walking. Yep. Such a miracle. Yeah. So here these Israelites were. They were free. And so... They're sitting at the base of Mount Sinai, and Moses climbs the mountain to talk to God and find out, okay, what's next? What, what does he have in store for these chosen people, right? And we know he came down after a long time with the law written by the finger of God. And Moses had this incredible experience conversing with God, and but then he comes down the mountain, and he sees the children of Israel partying and reveling, and yeah. you know they'd grown restless. They they seem to have this problem with waiting. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Yeah, yeah. Don't we all have a problem sometimes right. with waiting? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And so we know from Genesis, he threw the plates with the law down, so they were destroyed. He went back to the top of the mountain to talk to God and came down with the Ten Commandments and the Law of Moses. And that Law of Moses we refer to as the lesser law, right? right? Because they just they just weren't ready. They weren't ready for that higher law. And, and so now they needed this law that required sort of a checklist, a list of do's and don'ts. They, um, they needed steps to teach them how to get closer to God. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking of something. By the time Christ was born, you know, he started his ministry at what, 30? Mm-hmm. There were 600 some odd laws yeah. that the Jews were supposed to do and live by. Right. Mm-hmm. You just, know, 600. Hello, I can't even yeah. get the 10 down. But, you know, well, I can't, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, anyway, <we> can. <laughs> <laughs> then here comes this preacher, Christ, saying that it's better to sacrifice than obey, it's better to forgive. And it's okay to help someone on the Sabbath when they need it, if it even if it means breaking several of the laws on their checklist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jesus came to shake things up. Right, right. Yeah. He always does that. <laughs> Daddy did. <laughs> it's easy to look back in the scriptures at the Jews and kind of think how ridiculous it was that they were so tied to this um, law of Moses that they they missed receiving the words of Christ and this higher law. But as members um, of the church, we, we've had our own moments of piling on expectation after expectation or a law after a law that we felt 
that we needed to live in order to please God, that right. know, it's not really how it is. Right. Like all righteous families must get up by 6 a.m. <laughs> or earlier to read the scriptures as a family. Yeah. Right? right? I Oh, that was oh, so hard for me. I wanted to do it so bad. But... Because all the other righteous families, that's what they were doing, right? Well, and me, you know, righteous women must grow a garden and (laughs) can all her own produce, you know. Yeah. And put hot meals on the table every night. We also must think that we've got to serve faithfully in a calling or two, and we've got people to minister to one-on-one, and we've got to go volunteer at the cannery and go to the temple each week and serve our husbands and these gourmet meals and get to church and... You know, back then it was three hours on Sundays and, you know, yeah. attend me, our leadership meetings and on and And be on. a missionary. Don't yeah. forget about being a missionary. <laughs> and like, journal, a journal about yeah, don't it forget all. Your, yeah, yeah. <laughs> journal about it. I'm you getting tired. <laughs> and you better not pout or okay. cry uh, because yeah. then you won't be a good example. <laughs> so While you're out there doing your family history. Yeah. In okay. your free time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. Can you hear you, it? You get it. This you is sort of it. how we grew up as young moms. Like that was the, almost felt like the expectation, right? And did you hear all those things? They are good things, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But we grew up in this era where we kind of fell for that checklist mentality. We thought we had to do all the things mm-hmm. all the time. I think about the scripture that was always present in our mind. First Nephi 3, 7, I will go and do the things which the Lord commandeth, for I know that he giveth no commandment unto the children of men, save he shall prepare a way for them to, re- to, to accomplish. accomplish the thing that he commanded them, right? Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, he commanded all these things. And so he he's going to make a way for me to be able to do all the things, right? But Nephi was only focusing on one thing, just going back for the plates. Okay. God said, go back and get the plates. And he's like, okay, this is going to be hard. But God said, I can do it. And he's going to make a way for me to do it. But when we read this, when I used to read those yep. scriptures, it was yep. like, um, you know, God commands me to do all the things. Mm-hmm. And I can and do all the and things. he's going to give me a he's way to do it. So if it's not coming, I must not be faithful enough. Right. Right. I must and, not, I must be doing something wrong. And yet he did allow Nephi and his brothers to fail a couple of times exactly. before he provided that way. So right. it's okay. The the struggle is part of the growth pattern. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. And so that's what we kind of want to talk to you about today because I've thought about those checklists a lot in my life and I and I kind of served the checklist. And then our kids grew up and they kind of rebelled you know, that generation rebelled against the checklist, right? So they just, Mm -hmm. so let's just throw them all away. Let's Mm -hmm. throw them all away. There shouldn't be anything we have to do to prove that we love God because God loves us any way we are. So let's throw away the checklist. We've gone from one side of the pendulum to the other, Mm -hmm. but the truth lies somewhere in between, Mm -hmm. right? And so we want to talk about that burden that we sometimes place on ourselves to meet these expectations um, to be loved and accepted by God. Um, and when I was first learning how to come to Christ and felt like I had to climb that ladder um, or check off boxes or anything else, that was that was okay. 
I look back on it and say, it's okay. Because I was learning how to come closer to God. Now, the burden I put on myself, that wasn't okay. And God didn't put that there. Right. I put that on myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't think you're alone in feeling that way, Jerry. I think that we all felt that way to some degree or another. And I kind of like the way that Elder Danes in our most recent general conference in October, he kind of talked about the same thing. He admitted that there was times that he too thought more about getting into heaven than spending time with Heavenly Father, you know? I loved that. Yes, focusing on what do I got to do to get into heaven? Well, we all know there's nothing we can do to earn or get ourselves into heaven, right? No matter how many things we can accomplish on the checklist, it's our (laughs) Savior, Jesus Christ, that makes that possible. But I want to read to you his words. He said, you may struggle to see God as a loving father. You may look heavenward and see not the face of love and mercy, but a thicket of rules through which you must wend your way. Perhaps you believe God rules in his heavens, speaks through his prophets, and loves your sister, but you (laughs) secretly wonder whether he loves you. Perhaps you've felt the iron rod in your hand, but not yet felt your Savior's love to which it leads. I suspect you know people like this because for a long time, I was someone like this, he said. I thought my life was about following rules and measuring up to abstract standards. I knew God loved you perfectly, but didn't feel it myself. I'm afraid I thought more about getting into heaven than being with my heavenly father. Those are beautiful words. It is, yeah, because I do think that sometimes we have created these self-imposed checklists from the things we think we need to do, and we focus so much on trying to check off every box that we forget to just sit and spend time communing with our Savior, focusing on Him, who's truly the only way back. And I think that's, that's what it's about. If your checklist can bring you closer to Christ, then great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the answer. You know? Exactly. Because I do have things still on my mental checklist. You know, I'm trying to pray every day and read my scriptures and get to the temple weekly. But the, I do those things because I love the Savior and I want to be close to Him, not because it. I feel like I have to. Mm-hmm. Or that you're sinning if you don't. Right. Mm-hmm. right don't you right. think that's really what oh, it's about? It, if it it's is. not yep. being met on your checklist, you've sinned. Exactly. Yep. And that's not. That's We've got to get away from that whole concept. For some reason, it's a misconception or I don't know is it just me or you guys have just said yes but yeah no it's everybody but that's when we feel like we want to throw into the towel eventually too I mean I know some that still have that checklist that are just ready to give up they're like I can't measure up I've tried for decades I just want to give up as a young mom I remember I had a sister-in-law who was really big on checklist. So, I mean, it was all kinds of things. So of course you've got the daily things, but then the spiritual side. And, and I learned <laughs> to, um, to actually do my checklist at the end of the day and check off what I've already done. Mm-hmm. So my, my listing of, of what have I accomplished today, knowing it's in my, the back of my mind, I don't know how to describe mm-hmm. it, but it was just kind of like, okay, did you read your scriptures? You know, did I, I read this. my scriptures yeah. today? I did this and I was writing the list instead of following the list. And that made yeah. me feel more uh, productive or yeah. successful or yeah. I don't know, just a, Hey, 
you did good today. Right. Yeah. Good for you. A daily and, and how do you feel? I think that's the thing. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? How do yeah. you feel? Do you feel closer to the Savior today? Right. Yeah. Or do you just feel, I, I remember so many times I just felt more and more discouraged. Burdened. And I couldn't feel closer to him because I felt so discouraged. Like I was I was the one taking myself away from away him, from him. Oh, because, because I wasn't accomplishing everything I needed to accomplish. And and that was a distortion that. in our mind. It is a distortion. And, and did you feel like you were letting him down? Oh, all yeah. every day. And if mm-hmm. I wasn't remember when we went to our, you know, I we did our parenting class because that was another expectation to be the perfect mom, you know, raise your kids. You got to do this and this and this and this and this to have good kids. So, you know, we found Carly and, and Tanner and Carly and Tanner's kids in my mind were perfect. Right. And so if I just did everything she said, my kids would turn out the same way. Right. They would, they would do the same things. And everyone would, you know, Listeners, everyone going. This this is not the way it is. (laughs) Exactly, and 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 exactly. But it took me so many years to figure that out. And I think it's interesting now being in the addiction recovery program, and I talk about this each week. Yes, in in my service mission, and I I lead the addiction recovery program. I'm not in the addiction recovery (laughs) program. That's why you were being okay, but. I lead the addiction recovery program, and so I talk about it each week. And I talk about my own addictions that I had, you know, as a as a teenager and young adult. And I think that what had happened because I didn't ever go through an addiction recovery program. I just stopped what I was doing because I wanted to, and then I felt the Lord, and I knew He saved me, and I knew I felt the atonement. So I think my addiction just carried over into that toxic perfectionism Mm. addiction, you know? And I think many of us do that if we don't get to the root of what our issues are sometimes. And, and so anyway, for all of you out there, if, if, if you, you can see the addiction recoveries, 12 steps, they're beautiful for anybody and everybody. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not what we're talking about today, but I, I had thought about that in the, in the fact that I had such a hard time with how, my behavior, I just felt like I could never be good enough to pay God back for everything he had done. So, you know, just this whole checklist thing was so important to me, but yet it can be damning mm-hmm. to us also. Mm-hmm. And we don't want anybody to feel that way because I think Christians as a whole, they don't want to face the fact that we're not perfect and we sin and we mess up and we sometimes do really bad things and even when we've been taught not to, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we dress up for church and we put on this perfect <laughs> face for everybody around us and shove all the crap to the background and we just keep pushing forward. But all that stuff is still there. <laughs> kind of like the kid who, you know, we send off to clean their room and they shove all the mess <laughs> under their bed and behind the closet yes. doors. <laughs> and everything looks good at first glance, right? When you walk into the room <laughs> and totally you open, open the, the door. Closet. Exactly. <laughs> or Don't pick open up the, the bed skirt. <laughs> I remember cleaning my garage in our first house and there was this closet in the very back of it that was just... I didn't want to deal with it ever. So you literally could just shut that 
off. <laughs> but man, you open up that garage and it was gorgeous. It <laughs> yeah. was so organized, everything in its place. But yeah, you're right. And then and it is, Just life is that closet. way. Don't open that closet. <laughs> but you I, have to eventually face that. <laughs> my whole garage looks that way. So. <laughs> I, know. I don't have a closet. Well, and it is enough. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the garage door closed. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it just ends up being this facade for so long, you know. Mm-hmm, yeah. I tried myself and I think, oh, I should do better. I, I just need to be more self-disciplined to mm-hmm. overcome some of the poor habits and addictions. And, you know, then sometimes we fall into that trap of thinking that God will only love us if we're good right? and completely have our lives in order. And, and just we think then, oh, I just need to do more good stuff to be more worthy of God's love. And it's just this cycle back and forth and over and around and all over. It's just terrible. So why is it that we have fought against admitting the truth to ourselves? Right. We're imperfect. Yeah. Exactly. And the Lord loves us anyway. Right. He truly does. He does. He loves all of us right where we are right now. And you know, I've we've all heard a lot of people talk about this in the last few years, and especially in this rising generation. They felt that um, the church has also kind of taught this false doctrine and that... Um, they feel that they were lied to their whole life. Like, God loves me. I don't have to do all these things. Um, and I don't have to go to church and be perfect. I don't I don't need that. So that's the whole throw away the checklist mentality, right? Mm-hmm. And but there's there's nothing that has ever been false about our leaders teaching us that um, God's blessings and laws are predicated upon us being obedient to certain laws that bring blessings, right? Right. There's nothing false about that. The problem comes because we don't understand the character of God. He loves us right where we're at. He comes to us right where we're at. Doesn't mean he wants to leave us as we are. Mm -hmm. He wants us to come to him because we love him and because we want to let him change us. Mm -hmm. And if that checklist of, you know, have I read my scriptures today? Have I said my prayers today? Have I said a kind word today? You know, those Mm -hmm. are good things, right? And sometimes they get us to a spot where we're ready for the higher law. Mm -hmm. You know, that um, there's no, but there's no check off the box before entering heaven. But there is importance in keeping laws and commandments. Exactly. I was reading this article today. Um, I was talking about grace for grace. And what does that mean? And I was studying about that because the Lord developed from grace to Mm -hmm. grace. And so it's kind of like, you know, you're moving upward by gaining light and truth from God. You receive more light, which moves us further upward. So it's like a staircase if we're thinking about that. Mm -hmm. So you know this much, and then you've got the foot up on the next one. It's not like you haven't arrived. It's just that you've got that truth. Right. You're going to the next one, and then you'll get those blessings that help you at that law or that step, and it's just moving us in that direction. You know, and we get that fullness of light and that love of Christ, and we're trying to be more filled with light and truth. Right. And that's just where we're at. It's just, okay, we're at this step, and and it's okay if we're at that step. That's the light and the good that you get at that step, and that's awesome. But we're to 
be people of progression to become more and more like it. So moving forward and backward just corresponds to our obedience. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe we get caught up in that. Well, then if I'm not progressing, I'm not being obedient. No, it's just that we're, we're learning everything at this level. Mm -hmm. And if we're learning to become more like Christ, we'll have a desire to go to the next step to become more like our savior. And, Mm -hmm. and so that forward spot on the staircase, you know, it's just, it's just a, a process. It's just a progression, don't you think? It is. It is. I love that. And it made me think about um, what I I heard somebody talk about this um, this week. And he talked about how in Genesis, he was talking about his favorite scripture. And I loved it. And it just made me think of that. Because in Genesis, you know, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, right? And the earth was without form and void and darkness Mm -hmm. was upon it. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. God was in the darkness. But then he said, let there be light. light. And there yeah. was light. And so he can even be in our darkness. I just, I don't know. I just love that, that mm-hmm. grace for grace. Like here he is where he's in the darkness, but then the light's going to come. Mm-hmm. The light's yeah. going to come. Oh, I love that. I think that obedience is important as we progress. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It is. From it, grace to grace. It's vital. Yeah. It, it's vital. It is. And even though the Lord does love us when we mess up, it's important that we learn about repentance and that we use that in our life. And I think we need to be conscious of our concept of God and where it comes from. You know, we as children, we only know, we just have our parents, right, that we're living with and their list of rules that we're supposed to follow. <laughs> and sometimes when we're disobedient, we get sent off to our rooms for time out, or maybe we were spanked or punished in some way that sometimes made us feel unloved or unlovable. And sometimes then when we were young, we took that and transfigured it over to God our Father. Exactly. Must feel wow. That same way, way. right? Mm -hmm. And as we grow, we start to realize that maybe that's not the case. So if we're conscious of our... Negative thoughts or or our distorted thoughts, potentially, is that what you mean? Yeah, exactly. Because some begin to believe that philosophy is a man that tells that God's angry and when we don't do what's right and we'd better hide or we need to pull away. Um, And we begin to believe that there's only two options. That we either need to be perfect, mm-hmm. so God will, and obedient, so God will love us, you know, or... Or or leave, because yeah. I can't get, throw our hands up in the air. Right. Like, that's the only option. Yeah. And <laughs> if that, I can't be perfect, then forget it. Yeah. That's totally what Satan wants us to think. Exactly. It does not serve us well. But if you truly study everything you can lay your hands on about the character of God, you're going to see you're forgiving unconditional, loving, ever-vigilant, selfless God. He's, he's going to give us chance after chance, try after try. And he will forgive us over and over again. He knows we're mortal and we're weak. But he just wants our hearts to just try mm-hmm. to love him. And gratefully, that, that's the God that I know. I know that he loves me even when I fall short. And I do all the time. And, and I feel like that I was lucky enough to learn that from my parents as well. I always knew that they loved me, even when I needed some correction at times. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of 
doctrine. You know, Jerry said that if we know that God's laws are predicated by obedience to those laws, we will see that doctrine actually teaches us to be anxiously engaged and do many things of our own free will, um, you know, and, and not run faster than we have strength. Mm-hmm, right. And it teaches us that wickedness never was happiness, but the Lord loves mercy more than sacrifice and obedience more than than sacrifice. I always get that confused, like what that means about obedience. Because <laughs> I think earlier I said that God said that sacrifice is better than obedience. Hmm. Yeah. Everybody ponder on that. (laughs) Because the scripture, Samuel, actually says obedience more than sacrifice. So, See, I was thinking of Cain and Abel. Cain made a sacrifice, but it wasn't the right sacrifice. He was not being obedient in the way that he sacrificed. Maybe it's the way they sacrificed. That's right. Not sure. That's kind of deep, guys. (laughs) Kind of deep. Everybody ponder that. (laughs) I Anybody wants that. to, you know, write on our Facebook page what they think about that, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll try to go to that Facebook page, which I don't go to very often. Um, you know, but God says, uh, I will give them line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. And blessed are those who hearken unto my precepts and lend an ear unto my counsel, for they shall learn a wisdom, for unto them who receive I will give more. And from them that shall say we have enough, from them shall it be taken away. But really what he's trying to say is, hey, I'm here all the way along. And he, doesn't, he just wants our hearts. He yeah. wants us to turn to him. Because none of us want to be like the Pharisees and the Sadducees that we read about in the scriptures who, like we taught, talked about earlier, missed missed seeing who Christ was. Mm-hmm. They missed it because they were so focused on checking off those boxes and that they had been taught their whole life of climbing every rung on the ladder. that They had forgotten the two most important commandments, to love God and then their neighbor. And they were doing all this because it was the right thing. It was the law, and, but not because their hearts were in it. They had not given God their hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we sometimes tend to make things so much more complicated than it really is. And I was thinking about what I'd heard from Pat Holland recently. You know, she she recently passed away, but a few more months before she did, she and her husband were able to do one of those worldwide devotionals. And, and when I listened to that, um, I remember her talking about how the gospel was made to be beautifully simple. Mm. and simply beautiful. It was never made to be some mountain that we felt like we needed to climb. And so I think if we can remember that. I like just, that a lot. Yeah, I turn love our, that. Turn our hearts to him. He'll show us step after step that we need to take. Right. Yeah. To get closer to him. And, you know, he's trying to strip away our pride because sometimes that checklist can also be like, look at how much I can do for the kingdom of God, right? Mm-hmm. Look at how much I did. Look at how much I've done. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, right. Don't you think that's what the Pharisees and Sadducees were caught yeah, up on is, yeah, oh, you're so. not doing this. What are you? You're not keeping that law. Hello, exactly. how many steps did you take today? Yeah. It's the Sabbath. 
You went more than this, Minnie. Yep. Isn't that, you know? I, it is because, because unfortunately, I feel like that was me. When I uh, was kind of going through that toxic perfectionism state, it was like, this is what you have to do if you really love God. So what's wrong with everybody else? Like, why aren't you doing this? Like, and it, it, <laughs> it was hard. I know there were lots of people that did not think too highly of me and felt like I was self-righteous because I was. I mean, <laughs> bottom line, I was self-righteous and totally in the wrong. So I think we all have, Jerry. We've I apologize been in to everybody. <laughs> We've got Especially my husband. A lot. Well, that's what we're, you know, the Lord is stripping us of pride, yeah. just like you said. Yeah. And we're learning how old are we now? We're getting there. We'll be so <laughs> wise awesome, someday. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's important to to remember that we we all can love God and do just what we can do. We don't have to run faster than we have strength. We don't have to give until we have nothing left. Mm-hmm. He just wants us to come to Him so He can fill us, so that He can strengthen us and you know, to be yoked with him so he can help us carry our burdens. Yeah, because his gospel it was not ever meant to feel like a burden, mm-hmm. right? It was meant to bring us hope and help as we yoke ourselves with him. I like the way Moroni said it when he said, love God with all your might, mind, and strength. Then is his grace sufficient for mm-hmm. you. I mean, it's beautiful. It's simple. There's no major checklist. Yeah. Just, just love him. Because it's through his grace that we are saved. And then that grace is what strengthens us and carries us. Right, right. So how do we answer someone who asks, so how do we come unto him? What do we say? Well, we we study the scriptures not to check it off a list, but to find him in the pages. Um, in Relief Society the other day, we were studying Elder Dane's talk from this conference, this last October conference. Uh, coincidence? No. <laughs> that, is but, that the one, Sherry, that you talked about? Yeah. That yeah. was the mm-hmm. one. Oh, yeah. it's so good. But he challenges us to recall our favorite story of Jesus and to mark all the times he praises or heals or eats with an outsider. And why would he challenge us to do that? It's because as we're doing this and we're, we're reading about it and we're concentrating on those few things— It's how we are coming to know Jesus by what he does and how he treats others and who he cares about. Mm -hmm. So how do you come to him? You know, you study the scriptures and find out about him, not because you're doing a checklist, but because that's where you're going to find it. And so then we, we, you know, so go to the next thing we used to put on that checklist. We go to the temple. And Sherry, you said earlier, you go to the temple because you want to feel the Spirit. You want to feel the Savior's love. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's not just to go through a session, to, but to have the power of the endowment go through us. Yeah, right. And we serve there not only to take a name, but to take His name upon us. Mm-hmm. So as we become saviors to the one written there on that page, we can go to the temple you know, and, and we can serve them. Mm-hmm. And in, in return, isn't that so cool? It's simple. We serve them and we in return are served right. through the spirit. Yeah. Um, we can go to the temple and we have nothing left so that we, we kind of leave armed. Um, so we kind of leave armed. We definitely leave <laughs> armed, <Right. laughs> leave armed with power. with power and, um, and we're able to go forth and serve. So I always walk out of the temple more energized. Oh yeah. Always. 
Always. And, and you just kind of have to remind yourself of that because Satan does not want you to remember that. Right. So it becomes that, oh, do I want to go? I'm so tired. I just want to go take a nap. But if we can remember, it's 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 that power we get afterwards. And, you know, it's the same thing. We go to church. Well, and, and I was just going to say, you know, for, for years I went because I was supposed to, and that was what I was supposed to do. And, you know, and then, you know, they'd say, try to make more time to go to the temple. And, you know, as young moms, we didn't, we just went whenever we could. And I always felt horribly guilty because, you know, even once a month was Hard. rough to get there as young moms. And so as I grew, I, I went, but I will say making myself go to the temple helped me learn to love exactly simple until i could yeah. go with with that. with that like oh my gosh i need this i'm not mm-hmm. going here because god commands me i am going here because i need to be here right. it's yeah. like when we lose that 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 thing of like i'm doing this for god that's the pride right mm-hmm. when we can strip that away and go no i'm going here because i need God. You know, I feel like I just really want to emphasize the fact that don't you, I just sometimes want to say, okay, listeners, if you just knew this and did this, you would know what we're feeling, but you can't, you can't say that. You know, you can't do that. But I just really, I totally get your words, Jerry, because when you are doing it regularly and then all of a sudden you have something happen and you can't, you recognize the void so desperately that you're like, I have got to get back. Mm-hmm. And it becomes such a priority again because you've already practiced the action of going. It does make a difference. It really it's like does. when you miss partaking of the sacrament yeah. and going on Sundays. But there's there's some that live too far away to be able yeah. to go as often as we do. And the important thing is that you're coming to Christ. That's why we go to the temple. Yeah, and so back so to that question of how do you come to Jesus? Yeah, you yeah. can find your place that you can go, go and, and spend that. time with him, thanking him and growing in appreciation and love for him and communing with him. For us, we're lucky we have a temple close. Right. But right. the Lord will help you find your place. And, and you it's don't. your church building. Maybe it's your church building. Right. If you're not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ, um, you, you may be... It's your church building where you find communion with God. Mm-hmm. Could be out Could, in your garden. Yeah. Could be hiking on a mountaintop. Exactly. You know, there's, there's lots of places where we can draw close to our Savior. But it's important to remember the covenants that we've made in the temple, those you can honor and keep, regardless of how often you're able to return. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. all these things were created to bring us closer to him. I think I really understood that when COVID happened. Mm-hmm. You really mm-hmm. were able to pull on that um, remembrance of those covenants you make and that they come and follow you right. wherever you're at. And, because yeah. for a while we couldn't go to the couldn't temple, go. couldn't go to church, weren't able to partake of the sacrament. Yeah. And, yep. I had a young single adult that I had a opportunity to listen to as he was doing his missionary farewell, and he had the most amazing words that he said as he was talking about, you know, I, I have struggled in my life to understand how to come to Christ, what the actual power of coming to Christ would give me in my life. And he was struggling with so many things, and he wanted to feel the presence of of the Savior in his life, but he couldn't make a breakthrough. And he then realized how Christ's atonement could become a tool. But it's not something that can be physically grabbed, and it's but it's used 
to fix something, just like a hammer or a screwdriver. Um, it's a tangible tool, actually, but you just don't know how to explain it that way. It's a type of tool that he said he's able to gain access to because he's willing to draw closer to him by doing small and simple things. Um, and one of the ways he came to the understanding of that is he had this bare minimums list. Mm-hmm. And so here we are thinking about, okay, what's my bare minimum? What's the one thing I know I can do today that's going to bring me closer to the Savior? And so no matter what happens, right? he had this list, and it includes simple things, just like, you know, we talked about that word simple. It's His was like just making his bed in the morning, brushing his teeth, and writing in his journal. So those were his bare minimums. Sometimes, you know, yours are different than his, obviously, or mine are, or whatever. But it, it just incorporated that. And then he incorporated his spiritual needs, like saying his prayers morning and night and reading the Book of Mormon. I mean, and it can become like this list, but you you can't let it be that list. It's just a matter of, okay, this is my bare minimums. This is how I'm trying to get to the Lord how I'm, how I personally have known in the past, it's gotten me closer, and I'm going to continue that because it's it's worked before, it's going to work again or whatever. But it just seems simple. It's, you know, it's truly the way that helped him more than anything else to recognize that bare minimums list held him accountable mm-hmm. to coming to Christ, and was his his um, strength so that he could uh, be more resistant to the adversary. I love that. Mm-hmm. I think we all recognize there are those things that draw us closer to Christ. And and so maybe it would be helpful to have a bare minimum list. I know I'm a list maker. Mm-hmm. If I have a goal, I will write down the steps or write down things I need to do mm-hmm. and accomplish. And doesn't it feel so good when you can cross <laughs> things off your list? <laughs> yeah. As long as you don't let yourself feel burned or overwhelmed by what's what's left on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? There's the key. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> I know. Right. You know, I think about the rich young man who came to the Lord and said, what should I do to obtain eternal life? And, you know, I suspect that rich young man was feeling a little weary um, maybe he had some things, I don't know, but yeah. he probably had his own checklist and wondered what else he needed to add to it so that he could have eternal life. And when it was said that the Lord, he was kind of sad when the Lord told him, well, sell all that you have and follow me because the Lord just wanted his heart. Mm-hmm. And huh. I think, you know, he knew that that's where that young man maybe was struggling. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. in that aspect of it. And right. I like in my mind to think that maybe after some time he realized it was worth it and, and returned and followed the Savior because at first he didn't, he right. wasn't willing to do that. Right. Absolutely. I hope so too. So when we talk about giving our heart to the Lord, I feel like once we have come into him, once we have developed that relationship with him and our heart truly is filled with love for him, doing many of the things we've been asked to do become so much easier. Not because it's a list that we have to accomplish, but because we love him. And and if you feel overwhelmed, you can go to him and you can say, what do you want me to focus on today, Lord? Mm-hmm. Or right now in my life? Because we know we can't do it all at once. But he will help us know what's essential and important for us to do today. And then this peace comes into your life where you can let the other things go for a bit or for a time and just focus on what he wants you to do and what he wants you to accomplish. I really liked when you said Nephi was commanded to go and get the plates. 
and that he had one thing to do. Right. And that helped me a lot to understand, okay, for some reason I always, I never, that really hit me Mm -hmm. strong when she said that. And then you said, yeah, but they went to go do that one thing and they didn't have it happen right away. Right. And so there's that. You know, go back to the Lord and say, okay, I, I need some more guidance here. I just, that was power. Right. Those two things really hit me today. Right. So. And and that's why President Nelson is, is just urging us to hear him, mm-hmm. to listen for his voice. And we hope and pray that your checklist is helping you develop holy habits that will keep you close to the Lord. We hope that you'll learn to hear him. Hear the Savior's voice and the whispers of the Holy Ghost guiding you, gently leading you each day to know what the God, what God would have you do today. Let that be your guide. Remember the scripture, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Remember it doesn't say, I can do all the things, just all things that Christ wants me to do today. Hear him love him and be gentle with yourself and your progress toward him and until next time may you all stay safely under his wings